Welcome to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Sermon on the Mount, part seven. Part seven. You can open your Bibles to Matthew chapter six and we're going to be reading through the back end of Matthew 6 today, and so starting in verse 24, and so you can follow along in the app there, there's some space to take notes in there if you like, or be coming up on the screens as well. Are you ready? Let's do it. Matthew 6, verse 24, no one can serve or be controlled by two masters, either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one or cleave to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. There's going to be one boss in that equation, and we have to make the choice who's going to be boss. Verse 25, it continues, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Worry. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it, not for not. Don't worry, be happy. That's it's where the singing ends. In every life we have some trouble. But if you worry, you make it double. I don't know what that accent is. But how does it go? Don't worry, be happy. Some of the 
young people here are going, what is everybody doing? What are those words? Haven't sung that song in church before. Don't worry. Is that an easy command? Worry is a weasel. It just like finds its way in. It's like this little worm that just can so easily find its way into our world. And three times in this passage, Jesus exhorts us not to worry. But what, what is he actually meaning here? What are, the, what are the kind of boundaries around what is being talked about when he's exhorting us not to worry? Because there is a sense in which worry is very appropriate. And the absence of worry would actually be irresponsible. That if we're a parent, there is a degree of worry that is appropriate for our kids. If one of your kids is sick, then just kind of chilling back, worry-free is not really what God is calling us to in, in that place. If you have a friend who's toying with something disastrous, then maybe a a little bit of worry is appropriate in that space, but there is also a sense in which worry is not only bad, but it signifies unbelief and disobedience from God. And so really, so much of the question is where our focus goes in and where we focus when we are in those situations that are calling us, that are weaseling in, that are like that little worm that's calling us to worry. What do we do in those moments? I was talking to a business owner, uh, it would have been a couple of weeks ago now, and they were talking about some staffing challenges that they are having. And so what is the right place for a business owner in that zone? Could we read through a passage like this and go, well, well Jesus kind of says, don't worry, and so I'm just going to be a little blasé towards my business and some of the staff challenges. Is that the, the right place? Is there then a, a back-footedness or a kind of switching off? And uh, if, if Jesus wants it sorted, he can sort it. Because I'm just not going to worry. I'm going to kind of chill out and, and he, he, he's just going to sort it all. Well, here in this passage, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. And see how God feeds them. Look at the flowers of the field and see how God clothes them. And, and so how does God do this? How does he actually do that? How does God feed the birds of the air? How does he feed the flowers of the field? Does he stretch out his hand and, and every living bird would fly onto the hand of God as he is, is there just with the pile of seed. Here, birdie, birdie, birdie. And, and they're just, they're, they're passive in the whole deal. And it's just this, this outstretched hand of God ready for them every morning and every evening. That's, that's not how it wor works. What God does is, is he provides food in a general framework for birds to go and find that there is provision for the bird to go and take a hold of that provision. That the flowers, God has provided the, the sun, the soil, the supplements for that 
plant to begin to, to stretch out, to let the, the roots move out and then take a hold of what's been placed in the soil for it to take hold of. And God, in the same way, he provides the resources for us to be resourced by, to stretch out to those things that are around us, the opportunities that are around and draw upon them. That is how he provides for the birds, for the flowers, and he calls us to be alive in that same way. To Again, if our focus is critical, we're not to get stuck in the worry, but then we're not to get stuck in the waiting, as if the, the hand of God would just come with a pile of seed on it to feed the bird in whatever sense that would look like for us. We're not to get stuck in the worry or stuck in the waiting, but get to work in activating the opportunities that he has placed around us to receive the nourishment, the sustenance, that which we need in that situation. Well, it was Monday and it was raining. It was raining heavily, and so I said, kids, we're going to have a little adventure. And I knew two out of the three would want to come, and so my younger two children, we got ready. We put the trackies on and the socks and the shoes, because you can't do much to protect that from the rain. But then we had a, a jumper and a jacket and then a rain jacket on. We're going to have an adventure, kids. We're going out in the rain. Hardcore, right? Hardcore. And so they're, they're excited. And so we've got all the rain gear on. And so we hop in the car and we drive and we're, we're praying for rain. You want it to get heavier. It's like, come on, come down. And so we, we arrive at Ocean Reef Marina. And if you've been there, it's this kind of like all of these rocks that head out around this little groin to create this little boat launch marina space and there's some sand dunes and so we get there and it's raining a little bit and so you feel so cool when you're just walking out in the rain on purpose just because you can and so then we're running up the hills and throwing sand at each other and and we're having a good time right does this sound like a good time it's uh kids are excited and they're they're loving it and everything's going well so far so far and so we we climb up the sand dune, and, and we're then having races down the sand dune. It, it's amazing how, when you're younger, the, the lack of inhibition in the run down the hill. Have you ever tried to run really fast down a hill post-40? It's amazing how I'm so much more cautious now. And so you would just bolt down this sand dune. But now, so you, you give me a flat race with my kids, they will not beat me. And so I can, I can take them down. But down this hill, I'm like so, so cautious and you, you just you don't want to twinge the back or the knee. And so the kids are, poof. how do they? Anyway, and so we're playing around. And then we're, okay, now it's time to go on the rocks. It's raining a little heavier. And so there's these, these massive rocks that, that come out and, and move right out into the, into the water. And, and we walk up and there's this little kind of jetty area and there's this sign that says do not enter jetty closed and so of course you bypass the sign and 
what would the city of Joondalup know about closing a jetty? It's whatever. And so we move around and then I had this little, you know that still small voice? It's so annoying. <laughs> and so I said, okay, we can't actually go in that area. No, dad, dad. And so we'll go in this area instead. It was going to be just as fun. And so then we, we moved away from where it was close, whatever, and moved to kind of the, the pastor-friendly, like Christians can play here. Um, and so uh, there's, there's all of these rocks. So if you want a picture, there's, there's the water, so the waves, like stormy waves, okay, rolling. It's raining. We're wet. And... What happens to rocks when it's wet? You guys are amazing. But don't worry. Be happy. So, we climb out onto the rocks. I'm thinking like an adventurer and a dad. Two separate voices calling us in two different directions. And so I listen to a little bit of both. And so we, we climb up onto the rocks. And so it's, it's some massive kind of like couple of meter round boulders and there's holes and, and drop-offs. And, and so we're, we're trying to get as close to the water as we can without dying. And so you, you climb up onto the rocks. And so then we're figuring out where we can stand, how high the waves are crashing in, what's appropriate here, thinking if we go in the water, if I could only take one kid, which of the two? Um, Who's kind of the easiest to look at? Who might be the cheapest over the long run? And my son, I probably won't have to pay for as much of his wedding. Um, and so, uh, it's calculating the odds, it's important. And so, we're, we're, we're on, on the rocks now. And so, we're watching and, and the waves are coming in. And, and you're wanting to get splashed, right? You're really wanting to. And the, just, the waves are just splashing onto your feet. It's a little lame-o. And so the, the dad part of me goes, this is safe, stay here. The adventurer voice says, go down to that rock. Go on. Try. And so I say to the kids, should we go down there? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then this big wave comes in, rock disappears. Okay, maybe we won't go down to that one. Let's, let's kind of stay here and we'll just crouch. And so hopefully we'll get a bit wetter. And so we're, we're playing around on the rocks. But I had figured it out that if we got really dumped, we wouldn't get washed back out. There was enough of a buffer zone with other waves. And, and, and so we're, we're just playing around and it's fun. We're getting splashed and it's raining, stormy, and exciting. We're laughing, smiling. And Levi then decides he was, Ayla and Levi were both over on this side and he decided he wanted to come around here. And so he moved from the safe place because we made sure you've got multiple points to hang on to. And so he moved this way behind me. And so, so I turn. And so he, he naturally, he just reached out to grab my hand as he was moving. And so I turn and, and he's moving like this. And then all of a sudden, here's the ocean. Here's my bum. <laughs> I'm facing this way. All of a sudden, we are underwater. How's that for timing? The ocean just spoke to itself and said, hey, let's just wait. Wait till you can see his butt. When his back's turned, then we're going to get him. And so we're facing this way. And, and all that had happened was we had had a little bit of water 
onto the leg, a little bit onto the shin. Whoa, it's exciting, kids. Now we are seriously underwater. I just remember looking around, seeing nothing except water and feeling the force of the ocean pushing us this way. And I've got Levi's hand here as he was walking this way. So he, he wasn't prepared at all. I hadn't, there was no warning. It just bang, it's here. And so I remember in these moments going, this is adventure. <laughs> Gonna remember this forever. And at the same time, I remember Levi pulling me to the left. And I kind of can see out my, my left eyes. My glasses are being raked off my face. That Levi is horizontal. He's holding my hand and he is flying. This wave has him and he is literally midair, horizontal. So there's big drop away. It was probably a couple of meters and like rocks all over the place with the terrain there. And so I remember holding him and then being pulled this way and obviously I wasn't prepared for this I didn't have my footing all squared away and so I, I moved this way and went to put my foot down and there was a two meter drop off here and so I've got Levi the waves got me who knows where Ayla is but she'll be fine <laughs> she probably cost me more in the long run and so I I feel myself falling down and I got one hand free and I, I try and I don't even know what I'm going to hit and then all of a sudden, you know, just have a feel around in your mouth. You don't normally feel bits of teeth floating around. That's a normal kind of space for our mouth and I, I, I remember holding Levi's hand, he's pulling me this direction. And I know that there's a rock coming soon. As I fall down into this hole and then feel my whole face, the only thing that stopped me was my face. <laughs> into the rock. And not just hit, but hit and grind and slide like a cheese grater. <laughs> and it's amazing what beards can cover. And so can I encourage you, if you plan on... on Headbutting rocks, grow a beard in advance. <laughs> Although when the doctor was tr trying to, the, yeah, anyway, it was just a bit awkward. It's, uh, and so psh, hit, hit the ground and I can feel teeth in my mouth. And I can feel them with my tongue that there's this split in my lip. And, and you know what the best thing was? I never let go of Levi's hand. It's amazing how you can be such a bad dad and such a good dad all in the same moment. How you can be, some of you are sitting there going, he is so irresponsible. Who gives him the microphone? It's a bad church, bad church. We ever climb rocks and I've got your hand. I'm not gonna let you go, okay? You're, you are safe. My face may suffer, but you are safe. And so, hit the rock. Levi's down here. He'd been swept away. I come back up and I can, I can feel the warmth, the, the seawater and the warmth of the, the blood coming down. Ayla was here. She was safe the whole time. She was in her position that if we got hit by a wave, she'd be fine. And so she looks around. She sees my face. 
She's our, our heart feeler. And she goes, I don't like this anymore. It's the first thing that came out of her mouth. I don't like this anymore. This is the best. You will never forget this moment. Levi was safe. He, you see, he said, oh, I just got a sore hip. I'm like, got a sore hip, you wuss. Look at my face. And so then we pull him out of the hole and cl- clamber myself out of the hole and make sure Ayla's safe. And then all of a sudden we are underwater again. This time together, the three of us, in an embrace. But nothing bad happened. I should have thought earlier I could have made something really cool for the next wave, but I forgot to think about that. And so we, we then clamber from the rocks and uh, we start walking back and the kids are like, show me your face, show me your face. And it, you know, when you put your tongue on something in your mouth, it feels 20 times bigger than what it is. I'm like, I've got no teeth left. False teeth, it's going to be awesome. And so, uh, and I can feel my lips bleeding and it won't stop. And anyway, we get to the car and wash it off. And it's amazing. Dentists are beautiful people. Thankfully, I hadn't snapped the root in my tooth. I was sure that it was snapped, but it, it wasn't. So it was really just a simple feeling to make my front tooth the front tooth again and the lips healed up fine. And so there were no dramas. And so what is the purpose of this story? That there are, are you ready for it? There is no purpose. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. It's all about who's got your hand. That in life there are things that hit us like waves. It's the reality of life and and nowhere is God promising that you sign up to be a follower of Jesus and you now have a wave-free existence. That it's all just going to be this glorious golden path before you. There's never going to be weeds in your garden. Uh-uh. There's a blessing that you can get to stop those weeds. No. My garden has weeds like anyone else's garden. Well, probably actually more. But the deal is, in the waves of life, when the waves roll through and we can find ourselves engulfed, lost in them, horizontal in the wave, what are we holding on to? Or who are we holding on to? And Levi would have been seriously messed up. Another broken bone for Levi to add to the list. But he was fine because he had my hand. And we need to remember that he always is reaching out. And the safest place for you and I in the storm or in the calm is to take a hold of his hand. To take a hold of his hand. Because as we're talking about worrying here and and finding a space where we can not be held captive by worry, then we have to remember that the power is not in a principle. The power is in a person, the person of Jesus. And 
he's far better to hold on to his hand in a storm than it was for Levi with mine. That Jesus doesn't get hit by the wave and fall over and smash his face. That he is strong and secure in that place. Although he did take the ultimate fall for us. He was crushed on our behalf as he reached out his hands for us. But whose hand are you holding? And can we be aware and intentional in the moments where the wave rolls in and maybe you've seen the wave coming and you've kind of prepared and and you've known this is going to happen or maybe you turned and it's like it tried to pick the moment where you weren't looking and you've just been caught in the wave. Can we be a people who take a hold of his hand? And as I was talking to this business owner about the challenges they were facing in their business, the, the staffing issues that had been like a wave that had come out of nowhere for them, what I heard in this man's voice was a confidence knowing that he was holding the hand of his God. And as Levi moved on the rocks, as he moved around behind me, he knew to take a hold of my hand. I reached out my hand, he reached out his hand, and he was holding my hand through that transition. This business owner, as he's navigating this transition on the rocks, there was this confidence in him that this was going to be sorted, that he was going to be active in the process, doing everything he could to be diligent and prudent with what was his responsibility, but there was a clear confidence in him that these business challenges that I'm facing, they're not going to take me down. This is a wave that I will ride out because I'm holding the hand of my Savior. There was a confidence in his voice, which then affects the way he's going to talk to his staff, which then affects how he steps, how he sleeps. And so can we again be people who would Find that place of confidence. You see, the problem with excessive worry is is that it makes us a captive. We become a captive of things. And again, the, the glorious heart of our Savior is that he would take us on this journey of being free from captivity carry us into these places of freedom. And, and the challenge is, is when, when we become captive to worry, where we get lost in the wave, lost in the storm, is what we tend to do is, is we tend to overestimate how bad things are going to become. Overestimate how bad the chip in our tooth is. Overestimate the damage that this could do into our world, that this could be final, that this is going to destroy everything that whatever that looks like in our circumstance we overestimate the damage and we underestimate our ability to sustain the pressure we underestimate the ability that God has woven into us to be strong in moments like this or to underestimate his ability to then work things together for good and although there may be some mess in this storm but through the storm he has built something into us there is a lesson that we can carry forth that will be blessing for us or blessing for others. God calls us to this place of strength. He calls greatness out of us. And it's often in the storm that we could 
hear that voice. So we take his hand and we rise and we be those people that he has called us to be. And you know, if, we, if we're thinking about combating worry here, it's much more than combating a situation. This is about building a disposition. He wants to build this disposition within inside of us about who we are in moments like that. How we're going to respond when the wave comes crashing. Whose hand are you holding? Wherever you're at in this journey, have you got his hand strong? Let's look at some practical keys here as we come back, come back to the word. I like in verse 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Every day, on average, will have a little bit of trouble. We'll have a little bit of drama. And so can we just come to terms with that? That that's okay. That's not us living outside of the blessing of God. That's a part of this whole incredible framework he's put us in called life. That there is glorious moments and there are challenging moments. There is some trouble. And Bobby McFerrin, he tells us clearly that in every life we have some trouble. I like what verse 27 says. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And Bobby McFerrin is very clear for us too. Life will have some trouble. But if you worry, you make it double. The wisdom Extraordinary. Sounds like he's reading from the word. So don't worry. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. And so our focus is critical. And so where should our focus be? Where is Jesus encouraging our, our focus to be? And, and here in verse 20, uh, sorry, in verse 30, he says, guys, don't worry about don't worry about that stuff. You of little faith. Don't be preoccupied. Don't be lost in this place of worry. As you do, then you're letting go of a position of faith that I'm continually calling you to. And so don't be these people of small faith. Be these people of great faith. In the wave, he has got your hand. Levi had a hold of my hand. And he had faith that dad was going to do everything he could to be with him in that moment. To rescue him in that horizontal, caught in the wave moment. And our saviour is far greater than I. And so let's take his hand in the wave. Our faith is anchored in who he is take his hand. And of course, the famous verse, in chapter 6, verse 33. Don't fixate, don't get lost in the details, but seek first. First. Can you say first? first. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness. He 
already knows what we need. He'll make sure we get what we need. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. It's putting God first. It's, it's being where God is, not expecting God to tag along to where we want to go. Here's a challenge point. If, if we're on the rocks, and I've said, kids, it looks kind of fun if we go down to that rock. And there was a, a flat rock that was maybe half a meter above water level. And it, it looked like the spot to go. We could have been on the rock and we, there was another rock behind it that you could have held on to and we would have been safe. That would have been about two meters underwater when that massive wave came through and there's no way we could have stayed there. We would have been sucked out into the water if we went there. And so if I say to my kids, Le- Levi, don't go down on that rock. That's not a good place. But he goes, no, no, I want to go there. And he just hopes that I follow because he knows better as an eight-year-old. And he goes, he, he goes you know, I, I know I probably shouldn't extend so far financially, but I really want that house. So I'm going to get a mortgage that's, that's way too big for me because it, it looks good. And so I want, to move to, I want to move to that rock. And so he moves there. And, and it's like God's saying, no, that's, that's not a wise move. Don't, don't go down to that rock. But we're like, God, you're, you're with me, right? You, you're going to come with me. You, you, you follow me because you, you got me. I, I heard that you're, you're always reaching out your hand. And, but we've chosen to move from the place where he said, and we've gone to a place where he's like, no, no, that, that's not good for you. Or, or maybe it's in a relationship and we, we start a relationship with someone we know we shouldn't. And there's like, there's this shaking of heaven's head. Not a good move. It's out of alignment with, with my word. Don't go, but we're like, no, no, it looks fun. Waves going to splash. It's going to be more exciting down there. And so we pursue a relationship that we, that we shouldn't. And we, we kind of move away. Or maybe we end a relationship that we're not designed to. And we're like, I, it looks easier if I move down there. Or I'm just going to kind of go. Yeah, I just, I just want to go there. And so I'm going to go there and, and end that relationship. And th- there's like a, heaven's like, no, that's, that's not cool. That's not my heart. Don't, don't do that. We're like, yeah, yeah, I want to. And we're, we're kind of trying to pull God along with us to where we want to be. And if we step in the danger zone, then sometimes there are consequences that we don't want. And we could get dragged out in the water if he's like, no, 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 don't, don't go there. Stay with me. And seeking first his kingdom, his righteousness, seeking him first is saying, God, which rocks do you want me to stand on? That's where you are, so that's where I want to be. Not, ooh, that looks nice. I'm going there, and God, I hope you can keep up. And he's, he's like, if we actually stopped and looked, he's like, nah, nah, don't. That's not cool. Don't, don't go there with, with that. Don't let your schedule dictate your priorities. We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of going with the flow, excited, doing the things that I want to do. Just kind of, don't let your schedule dictate your priorities. Set some core priorities that center around me and my heart and my love and build your life around those, not lost in the schedule. And come, come back from that, that rock, come to a safer place and I've got your hand and we're going to live the adventure. And, and the adventure is messy sometimes. 
Sometimes you do get a little bruised, a little banged up, but we've got to live in this adventure. This is not a life that should be all white and crisp and everything under control. No risk involved. That's not the life he's called us to. The disciples we see who discovered the love of Christ and walked out in Holy Spirit power, they had these lives that were filled with crazy, with adventure, with leaping out his power, his way, but not stuck in some sterile existence. And so, yes, Lord, I surrender my choices to you. Guide me. Lead me. Not I act, I plan, I do according to just what I want, and then God, can you come join my, my circus? Can you come join my climb? But seek first. First. And this is tough. This is not always easy, but let's finish with Philippians 4, 6 to 7, and some great practical advice here in the Word. And so thanks, guys, if we can put that up on the screen. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Here there is an exhortation, two things that we're encouraged to do, to help us stand in that place of worry. And so here here are two powerful things for us to do. And firstly, that we would pray, that we wouldn't get lost or, or stuck in that place of worry, but that we would come to a place of prayer. And what happens when we come to prayer is we remember the who bigger than the whatever is going on. And so prayer inclines our attention as we lift from the circumstance from being stuck in the wave where at a moment all I could see was water and prayer would get our gaze beyond the water and we could see something again of who God is that turns our attention to him and who he is, his majesty, his glory, his power. And we need to be a people that know how to get out of our human fleshly skin and switch on to opening our eyes of faith to see something again of who he is. And we, when we remember who he is, our circumstance looks totally different. And so we have to intentionally move in this direction by prayer, prayer and petition. It's a relentless prayer. It's a continual prayer with thanksgiving, with gratefulness. And there is a whole side message here that we don't have time for today, but... You know, thankfulness combats stress. Thankfulness builds emotional resilience. Thankfulness fosters relational connections. Thankfulness improves sleep. Thankfulness improves overall health. And there is an enormous body of research that would back up against so much of the heartbeat we see in the Word that we are, we are built to be thankful, to be grateful. And in one of my little prayer times this week, I, I spent the whole time, I was like, okay, I'm going to set myself a challenge. I'm going to spend the whole time just thanking God for everything I can. I'm just going to run through every facet of my life. And it is amazing when you stop and do that, 
how the list doesn't actually end. If you come down right to breath in my lungs, you start naming people in your world. That there is a continual stream that we could actually find ourselves in of gratefulness, of thankfulness, and it shapes what our day is going to look like. And some of us have a lean towards gratefulness. Some of us have a lean in the other direction. And this is a powerful dynamic for us to build where sometimes we, we just need to step out of that place of worry a little bit and move intentionally into a place of gratefulness and set ourselves to thank God for what is going on in our world that is glorious, for His goodness, the fact that we can be safe as we take a hold of His hand. In the scripture in Philippians here, it says that this will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. Here's a simple prayer for us that could be helpful, and you'll find this in the app. Jesus, you are Lord of all. I cast all of my care on you, for you care for me. I thank you that you see the way through. I thank you that you will guide my steps. I thank you for peace in my heart and my mind. Jesus, you are Lord of all. Have we got the words for, for this there, guys? Jesus, you are Lord of all. Actually, can you, can you stand with me? Can we say this out loud? together. We had a beautiful moment singing Bobby McFerrin. Now let's, uh, let's say this prayer together. Come on, let's, let's say it together. Jesus, you are Lord of all. I cast all my care on you, for you care for me. I thank you that you see the way through. I thank you that you will guide my steps. I thank you for peace in my heart and my mind. And so Lord, Right now, we come before you, and we choose afresh to let you guide our steps. Lord, I thank you that in the waves of life, that we can hold your hand. And so, Lord, we intentionally choose to take a hold afresh right now. Lord, I thank you for your extraordinary love for us. Let us find a fresh awareness of that love. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.